This program is being sponsored by the partners and friends of Keith Butler Ministries. Live Your Faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift. With a donation of any size, you'll receive this pre-selected book of the month, The Way of Faith. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click the banner at the top to receive your gift. Today on Live Your Faith. Word is there for it, provided that, hallelujah, you get enough root, depth, and water. Now, what does that mean then? People who don't have root or enough depth in the word become 75% of the parable of the sower. Remember, one out of four, because all four heard the word, those people. Only one of them was good ground. Hi, I'm Keith Butler. Welcome to Live Your Faith Broadcast. This broadcast is about your getting the Word of God in a way you can understand it and use it in your daily life. Romans 1.16 says the Word of God is the power of God to all deliverance. So let's go to the Word and let's walk in deliverance in Jesus' name. Now, of course, I've started ministering for the last several weeks, praise God, on the parables of Jesus. And we're looking at Jesus and his parables, praise God, short stories that will illustrate points to us. Hallelujah. There are well over 30 such parables, praise God, but we have begun with the most important parable of all. And the reason why I say it's the most important parable is because of what Jesus said. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, I believe it was verse 13, he said, know ye not this parable. How then will you know all the parables? Praise God. That said to me anyway, this one is the big one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It tells me how things are supposed to work and overlay it upon all the rest. Now, this, of course, this parable is the parable of the sower. And that parable is sowing what? The word of God. The seed is the word in this parable. We found this parable in Matthew chapter 8, 13, excuse me, Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. We found this particular parable, praise God, and with each one, we learn some additional things that each one of those writers um, highlighted that maybe the other one didn't. Put together, we get a very clear picture of why Jesus said what he said and what it was that he said. Now, once again, in Matthew chapter 13, and we read here, praise God, amen, in verse 21. Yet have not root underlined in himself, notice himself, but last or endure for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of, because of the word, that's why it comes, by and by he is offended. Once again, this is a word if you do not know by now, please get it. The word offended is scandalizo in the Greek. It means to be trapped. It means to be tripped up. It means to cause you to stumble. 
even means to entice you to sin. It means for you to be, uh, get involved in apostasy, falling away from God. Hallelujah. All those things is in that. And he told you here that the problem here was because he had no root in himself. So he heard the word. He shouted, the previous verse told you that he shouted with joy when he heard it. Praise God. Oh, praise God. You know, danced and how good it was. But didn't do what was necessary to cause that word to get deep inside them. Of course, it says also in other places that, that they lacked moisture. That was Luke chapter 8, verse 6. So they didn't water the seed. I talked about this a little bit, praise God, meditation of the word, speaking the word out of your mouth, glory to God, and other things uh, that gets the word of God inside you. But now turn to Luke chapter 8 because he's talking about the individual that the seed of the word of God is uh, upon stony ground. Now we looked at thorn, but now, now we're going to look upon that which is stone or the seed of the word fell on stony ground. Praise God. And I want you to notice something that Jesus said in verse 11. Now the parables is, is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then come up the devil, take away the word out of their house, hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And we're going to verse 13. They on the rock or on stone are they which when they have heard receive the word with joy. And these have no root, again, which for a while believe and in, now this is what I want you to underline, time of temptation. Yes. That's what we mentioned, stony ground, time of temptation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the, of course, the New Testament is translated from the Greek, and the Greek word for temptation is parosmos. Parosmos means Putting to proof also means adversity. So in time of putting to proof, they heard it, they shouted about it, they were glad about it, and then the enemy came to see if it really was there. Okay. He came to put it to proof and didn't know what it said. And during that time, they fell away. Now, note the term time of temptation. I've been telling you that there are seasons, times of visitation, both negative and positive, a number of different terms the Bible uses for the same thing. Amen. There are seasons of blessings. There are seasons of attack. Here he talked about time of temptation. They were shouting about this for a while. And they were all right. They lasted, said they lasted for a while until the time of temptation came. And see, that's where the rubber meets the rope. And that's when you find out whether or not the word is in your heart. Or whether or not you just mentally ascend it to it. And man, you may know it intellectually, but it's not in you. Say, I shout amen, somebody. Amen. And he says it in another way. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Praise God. Well, in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about this. Amen. We see here in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy 
have caused us to be born again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, he caused us to have an inheritance that is immortal. It is undefiled. It won't fade away. It is reserved in heaven for you. For who? Those who are kept by the dunamis. That's the word power. Supernatural ability of God and that dunamis operates through pistis. It operates through faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Through trust and confidence and belief and assurance unto deliverance. Ready. It is ready. That power is through faith. Ready to be revealed in the last time, which is now. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now, oh, I'm at word of faith. Though you greatly rejoice. Now watch this. Though now for a season. Okay. Oligos is the Greek word for that, and it means a little while. And so for a little while, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Well, manifold means multiple. We, we say it another way, having a stack attack. Okay, amen. In other words, the enemy's one, two, three, four. Okay. And I've been sharing with you about how the enemy done. We separate to teach them. Afflictions, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness, original lust of other things. But they actually work in combination with each other. Amen. And he just told you that. Through manifold temptations, parosmos again, praise God, putting the proof. And so Satan will come at an individual and he'll hit them with affliction or persecution at cares of the world to it. Amen. Lust of other things to it. Praise God. Pride to it. He'll add things to it. Amen. To try with multiple pressures to get you to become scandalism. Now the very next verse says, amen, through manifold tests and trials, that the trying or the testing of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, and I circled that word fire because tests and trials or times of temptations or these seasons can seem like you are in a blast furnace. Okay. It can be so tough that you, you, you feel like I'm not going to survive this. And you may not survive it if you don't have the root down. That's what he said. Come on, somebody. All right, know what he said? Though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory while you in the fire. See, he told you what to do, praise God. He said, now, when you heard the word, you shouted. Now that you're getting stacked against, pow, pow, pow. He said, keep on shouting. Don't stop. He said, but you might be in heaviness and doing it. 
You may be like, oh, I don't feel no anointed here. Oh. He said, so he says, shout anyway, praise God. That's the word for somebody, praise God. And he said, if you do that, what will happen? You'll get verse 9. You will receive the conclusion or end of your trust, your confidence, your belief, even the deliverance of your mind, will, and emotions, your soul. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the deliverance happens through the fire. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Now, one of the key things he said here was, he said here that this is temporary. Now, when you start talking about the trial of your faith, well, where did your faith come from? It comes from the word. Remember, all this happens because Satan understands Romans 1.16. And Romans 1.16 is the word of God is the power of God unto deliverance. All deliverance. Praise God. So whatever deliverance you need, the word is there for it. Provided that. Hallelujah. You get enough root, depth, and water in it. Now, what does that mean then? People who don't have root or enough depth in the word become 75% of the parable of the sower. Remember, one out of four, because all four heard the word, those people, only one of them was good ground. That means three-fourths three or three-quarters didn't have enough root and fell away. Now, that says something. Now, let's see how Jesus dealt with all this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 4. Now, let's see what Jesus with this. Praise God. Notice, and when is, before we start reading chapter 4, verse 1, when is this? Now, I told you, as I tell my ministers all the time, when you read the Bible, you need to ask. This is Bible study. You need to ask these questions. Who? Where? Why, when, and how? Okay. So when is this? Jesus in chapter 3 is in the Jordan River. He's being baptized by John and the heavens open up. God the Father is going to speak. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The anointing is going to descend upon him like as a dove. Didn't say it was a dove means very gracefully. The anointing descended upon him, praise God. And it was the official start of Jesus' ministry. So what we're about to read here is what happened when Jesus became Acts 10.38. What's Acts 10.38? How God anointed, when did that happen? Jordan River. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with Deuteronomy's power miraculous ability, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So he, he gets the anointing for his call. Now the call has been there. He, would, he was called from time before he came into the world. Amen. Hallelujah. But now here's the anointing for his ministry to kick off officially. What's the first thing that happens? Chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Don't pass that. 
I could spend a bunch of time there. I'm not, but don't pass that. Go back and read, do a little research on that. Being Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan, the Jordan River, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? Remember I told you to ask questions? Well, why? Why would the Spirit at the start of his ministry lead him into the wilderness so that Satan can tempt him? I want you to know, first of all, who tempted him? It was Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to explain to you again, you need to understand that God dealt with men, mankind differently at different seasons. He dealt with Adam and Noah and those people one way. He dealt with Abraham and those folks another way, continued on to Jesus is the big break point. He, Jesus said it himself. He said, this is when things start. Amen. Hello, somebody. Everything else before that was all about prophecy leading up to him because he's the start point. Amen. Okay, amen. Praise God. So God's dealt with man differently. So when you keep going back to way back on such and such here, well, see, God the Father during his dispensation or period of time was dealing with different men who were different. They were not born again. They were not filled with the Holy Ghost. They did not have the written word of God in many cases like we have. Many other reasons. Amen. Amen. God let a man have multiple wives once upon a time. Amen. It wasn't his perfect will, but he let him do it. He won't let him do it now. Amen. All the ladies said, yeah, amen, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, the time God allowed that. There's reasons for that. Amen. Right? They asked Jesus about that. Mm -hmm. And they said, but with Moses, because during Moses' time, we could do X, Y, Z. See, what am, I, what am I telling you? I'm telling you that, amen, you have to do a little bit more education and don't just read stuff off the surface. Uh-huh. Okay? I always give me a smile when people come up to me and start telling me stuff about they don't know nothing about. Oh, y'all gonna teach me? Okay, go ahead. So being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from, from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for a number of reasons. Here's number one. Everything God did, God did during this time publicly not that God did not know the outcome. God is omniscient. What does that mean? He knows everything. He doesn't have to wait around to see what the outcome is in order for him to say, oh. He's all powerful. He's everywhere present. He knows everything. Good. Amen. Yet, praise God, God with Abraham Right? With Abram, he said, I want you to take your son, offer him up on Mount Moriah. Uh -huh. And the word said there in the Hebrew to prove, or okay, amen. Why did God do that? Legal reasons. Abraham is going to be the template by which is going to allow the, the Lord Jesus to operate via covenant. Yeah. What do you mean by that? God and Abraham, Abram back in the day, entered into a covenant. Right? That covenant meant what? Well, what you do, I do. That's good, 
Amen. Why? Because Satan had a right to be here. Satan was able to gain control of the planet legally. Okay, amen. All right. Go back to the eighth song. Some of y'all looking at me like, what in the world are you talking about? All right. <laughs> let's go to Psalm 8. That's why you're here, right? All right, in the eighth Psalm, let's read verse 4. What is man you are mindful of him? The son of man you visit him, the angel asked. You have made him a little lower than the angels, have crowned him with magnificence and splendor. You made him to have dominion, rule and reign over the works, plural, of thy hands. Thou hast put all. Now see the word things in your King James italicized, it wasn't there. So they were intended to add clarity to the verse. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. He put all under his feet. Somebody tell me what all mean. How much is left after all? Everything's put under man's feet. Man. Uh, amen. All sheep and oxen, yea, beasts of the field, fowl of the air, fish of the sea. Uh, amen. Whatever passes through the paths of the sea, Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. In other words, when he made that first man, amen, he made a small copy of himself. He made his son and said, here, this is your planet. Only thing you can't touch is that tree in the midst of the garden, but I'm putting it in your hands. That's the first tag. Okay, it's there with you, but you can't touch it. This is mine. That's what time's about. the first tag. Amen. We know that. The sons right away went to it. Amen. Abel, Cain, they went to it. See, they already knew about that already. It didn't start in the law. But anyway, so, so they have authority over the planet. Satan knows this. And tell, let me tell you what else Satan knew. Satan knew that there was a law that whoever you yield yourself to, then you became, or whoever you yield yourself to, you became the slave or servant of us in Romans. Okay, amen. And so when that, when that serpent came to Eve and said, no, nah, God didn't say what he said. And she got looking at it and then she did what? She went to her husband, the two of them in Genesis 3, 6, yielded to what Satan said rather than God. And we're going to read it later on. Satan then becomes 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God, small case G, of this world, have blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the gospel of Christ with the image of God should shine unto them. He became God this world. He got a legal right to be here. Hello, somebody. Jesus is going to say a whole lot more about him in a minute, so let's go back to Luke chapter 4. So he does everything publicly at first. He did that with Abram so that the whole world, including Satan, could not charge God with doing something that wasn't right. Amen. But you ain't Abram. Well, God tested Abram. You ain't Abram. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And Abram was willing to take the life of his own son. And what did God say in Genesis 22? Because you've done that. Now I am going to send my son. You were willing to take the life of your son. Now I will take the life of my son. Isaiah 53. Praise God. God was pleased to sit in Isaiah 53 to bruise, to bruise him. God the Father put Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Covenant. That's a big word. Amen. Now here we see Jesus at the very start of his ministry. And Satan's going to immediately attack Jesus. Praise God. And God wanted to show. We're going to prove right now, right off the top, about the Lord Jesus. What about Jesus? Well, turn to Hebrews chapter 4. I'll show you one another thing he showed you. Give me three more hallelujahs, somebody. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's take a look here at verse 16 over there about the Lord Jesus, who is the great high priest he's going to become. And it says about him, saying then, we have a great high priest, verse 14, passing to the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We don't have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points. What does all mean? From every direction, tested like as we are, yet without sin. He's going to prove right off the top he can take the heat. That he is legal. Everything's going to flow from here, here uh, from this point on. Praise God. Why do you say that? Because go back to that Luke 4.1. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil. You know how long 40 days is? That's almost six weeks. What was going on for six weeks? Every type of test and trial and temptation, every type there was that a human being could experience, Jesus for six weeks was subjected to without fail. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You need the Lord Jesus into your life, and you say, how can I receive him? It's very easy. The Bible said in Romans 10, 9, if you will acknowledge him with your mouth, believe God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Ask him to come into your life right now. Tell him you believe he's alive and well. He will come into your life and save you, and you'll never be the same. Live Your Faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift. With a donation of any size, you'll receive this pre-selected book of the month, The Way of Faith. Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click the banner at the top to receive your gift. Well, praise God, we're taking the Word of God to Western and Southern Europe and other parts of the world. God wants everyone to hear the Word. You know, in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, teach all nations. Then it goes on, praise God, teach them to observe what God from lost, all the things that Jesus taught them. So I want you to know when you support Keith Butler Ministries, you have a chance for the gospel to go just beyond your neighborhood, teach people around the world. We want to thank you for your prayers and your support. And always remember, fight the good fight of faith.